Welcome gamers and gorilla enthusiasts alike to Go Related, the apeshit podcast that swings through the digital jungle of gaming, bringing you untamed laughs, wild discussions, and a barrel full of apeshit. Hosted by Silverback's Evil and Lens, ready to embark on a pixelated adventure with you feral listeners. So grab your controller, peel that banana, and let's dive into the Go Related world of apeshit. I'm evil. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> so I'm Lens. <laughs> this is Evil. So what do you do, Evil? What what role do you play? I am the president and founder of the Gorilla Kings Motorcycle Club. Uh, I started it back in uh, 2017, I believe. 2017 or 2018. I can never remember the year until I look it up. Um, and we've been running it. For about six years now. I think it was 2017 because I joined in 2019. And I know y'all had been around more than just a year whenever I joined. I think it's 17 as well. Yeah, I think it's 17. Um, I guess I can tell a little bit about myself. Um, I am 44, incredibly handsome. Uh, been married for 25 years. I've got a uh, stepson who's about to turn 30. I live in Georgia. Uh, I'm from here. I've lived in Minneapolis and in Chicago as well. We ended up back here taking care of my uh, my dad when he got sick. He came to the table. He needed help. So even though I have five sisters and a brother, all, all of them but one are his kids. None of them would take care of him. I'm the youngest, so I had to pick up and come back home. And we kind of got stuck here. Um... Once he passed, he passed in 18. Then we immediately started taking care of her mom, who passed a couple of years ago. And now we're immediately taking care of her dad. So we've really, in our 25 years of being married, we've not really had any time where it was just her and I living together more than maybe four or five years of our marriage. It's always been taking care of other people. So, but these are the last people left, so... Once they kick the bucket, we're free. <laughs> free. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had no kids, so we're free. Yeah. I don't know if I... So, I, I'm Silverback Lens. Um, I'm 40. And I've been married since 2017. So, seven years. I have two kids that I birthed. A 20-year-old and a 7-year-old. And then we have... I do have a stepson that... He was my stepson up until he was, from the time he was three to 10. Yeah. And then we have um, an adopted daughter, but she's not legally adopted because she was 18 when she came to stay with us. So we didn't adopt her or anything, but it was one of my daughter's friends that was just in a bad place. And so since she was 18, it was their senior year in high school. We were like, just come live with us. (laughs) You're an adult. You can do what you want to. So just come stay with us so that you're safe. <laughs> and so she stayed with us for about a year and then moved out in with a friend. And she has a full-time job and is living her best life right now. And then the 20-year-old that I gave birth to is in college. And then my 7-year-old is thinks he's in college. It's quite a gap between 20 and 7. How did that, uh, how did that add up? So that happened because I, after I left Lily's dad, I... Dated only women for there for a while. And one of those bitches got you knocked up. And after the second long-term lesbian relationship, we broke up. 
I did date a guy and having relations with guys is different than relations with women. And so I ended up getting pregnant <laughs> <laughs> and I'd actually broken up with my now husband when we got pregnant. I kept him around cause I was like, I'm not trying to add more notches in my bedpost. So I'll keep you around for that, but that's all. And then I ended up getting pregnant naturally. And, but then he was the sweetest and most loving father from the moment I said I was pregnant. And so I was like, Oh, this is like a really good God. <laughs> so, so then I ended up, I ended up caring about him and loving him. And so then I married him. But now that Sagan's here, that's my son. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what life was like before him. Like it's, what do we do with all of our time? And Sagan actually asked me that the other night we were laying in bed and he was like, mom, what did you do before I was born? I was like, what do you mean? Like I went to college, you know, I didn't know, no, like just when you were sitting at home, what did you do? I was like, I don't even know. Like, I don't, I don't know what I did. Like it was, must've been so quiet and boring. Right. <laughs> like, Cause my, my 20 year old, she's very, she has Asperger's autism. So mm-hmm. she's very strict to the rules, you know, well-behaved and very honest. And she's a pretty quiet person. Like she's not very loud. And and then Sagan emerged and like literally from the time of conception. I mean, he's just been a firecracker. (laughs) He's the complete opposite from Lillian. He's loud and crazy and fun. Not that she's not fun, but he's the funny one, you know, the, the, the comedian and the dramatic one, he's dramatic about everything, and he keeps us on our toes, that's for sure. Yeah, I've, I've heard some things from our friendship on Facebook and read some things that Sagan has said and done. He, he sounds like a handful. He is. He is a handful. But he's really smart, and he's kind. Oh, good. So, back to GK. What made you decide to start the Gorilla Kings MC? Well, back in the day, I, I ran with another crew, and the leader of that crew was, he was a narcissist. He was, he was really, he was out there. We were, Dodson actually was, uh, was in that same crew with me, and um, they opened up a new chapter uh, in Blaine County, and uh, Dodson was president, and I was vice president. <laughs> After opening it up and starting to build everything, they decided it was a auto aim crew. They decided that they wanted to go to free aim. Well, I'm disabled. I don't have the hand speed or the uh, coordination skills really to, to hang in free aim. That's why I was with an uh, with a auto aim crew. So I expressed my concerns and so did uh, a bunch of other people that were in the crew. He said, okay, well, we'll take a vote. So he had the mother chapter. They all voted unanimously to go to free aim. Then the chapter in Blaine County all voted unanimously to stay and assisted aim. So it kind of null and void because one wants to go, one doesn't. So he took the dictator route and said, well, we're going. And I said, well, if you're going, I'm not going with you. I appreciate it, but it's just not for me. Yeah. So I decided that day that I would start a crew up on my own, do my own recruiting, do all my own things, and leave it an assisted aim for people like me who couldn't exactly hang and free aim or didn't want to go to free aim. And so 
I started searching for our name, and the, the, the name story is kind of funny. I'm what you would call a bear if I were a gay man. Um, and gay men love me. They, 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 they send me inappropriate messages on Facebook. I, I know what it's like to be a woman because I get the same messages and dick pics, <laughs> or at least I used to. You know, they, they would have just assumed, judging on my looks, that I was gay and I was a bear. But I'm not. So <clears throat> I decided one day that there should be a straight male equivalent to a bear. And I've always had a fascination with gorillas, so I, I decided that the straight bear was a gorilla. Yeah. And then kings, obviously, you know, we're the best, so we're the kings. So I came up with the gorilla kings. So... Yeah, for all the people that are in the crew that listen to this podcast, you're named that because you're not gay bears. <laughs> Could have been the gay bear crew, but it just did not work out that way. <laughs> that's that's how I actually started the crew, and uh, I brought Dodson with me fairly soon after he came over, and uh, I brought some other people from that crew, and then, I, like I said, I, I brought four other people with me. Now, three other people with me. And because I had come up with it all, I was president and we voted on who was getting what position and everything. They didn't last long. Part of it's my fault. When I was new into running the crew, I was a lot more strict and I was a lot more active. And it was, it was, it almost bordered on paranoia how uh, obsessed I was with the crew. So I kind of chased some of them off. And, you know, with the recruiting, at one point we had almost 200 members. And it was all just me doing all the recruiting, all the, the paperwork, all the uh, applications. Everything that was done in the crew, I controlled it all. Nobody did anything else because I was just that. It was mine and I was going to do it my way. Yeah. And so we, we got up to a bunch of members and eventually I got really burnt out on GTA. I mean, I've got several thousand hours into the game. I got burned out, I started delegating, had people come and go, went through a bunch of different VPs. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm saddled with crimes as my VP, and I basically let crimes run the crew at this point. I don't have as much to do with it because I don't play, and I don't think it's fair if I'm not playing and if I'm not an active part of it to be the all-powerful, all-knowing Oz, you know. So I let Crimes basically run it, and he kind of runs things past me, and we kind of come to a consensus on things before any major decisions are made. That's how we got to where we are. So GK is, for the listeners that don't know, um, we're a gaming crew, and we're dominantly on GTA because um, they have motorcycle stuff, you know, in GTA. And so that's what that's what we're our crew is based on. Um, just for those that don't know, you know, that may not be in the crew. <laughs> right. So when someone applies, so they apply, so we have a website and there people can apply. And when they first apply, they start out as a hang around. And that is where they just kind of hang around with us. You know, they get to know us. We get to know them, make sure that they're a good fit. Because the way I describe the crew to others is, is that it's the family that I got to pick out for myself. Like, I'm here for the long haul. I don't play GTA very often anymore. And I actually didn't join through GTA. I joined through Red Dead Online. Because at that point, we had chapters on both games. Mm -hmm. And that was actually where I initially joined through. 
and then I kind of migrated over to GTA just because I wanted to play with everybody more. Right. But now, like like you, like I'm burned out on GTA. It's just I'm really ready for a new GTA. <laughs> yes. Like it's been around for so long. There's it's time. <laughs> yeah, it's been over a decade. So I'm kind of burned out, but um, I do still pop in the chats. I'll do I'll, I'll hop on, you know, probably a couple times a month at least. I'll go through like little spurts where I'll play pretty pretty actively, and it really also depends on my availability because I do have a job where we have periods where we're really busy and then some periods where we're not as busy. And so when we're not as busy, I'll typically play some more. But anyways, if you apply, you start out as a hangaround, you hang out with us, get to know us, we get to know you. And then as you're getting to know everybody, you have to find a current member to sponsor you. And then you become a prospect. And that's kind of when you really take the time to get to know the rules of the crew, you know, get to know us all better, make sure that, you know, you're, you're okay with those rules because some people don't want to follow those rules and that's fine. Like it's, it's gaming. If you don't like, you know, the way that we play, then you're just not a good fit and that's okay. But you know, we do have some rules and stuff. One of the things that I really like about the crew is the fact that I'm even here (laughs) because Mm. a lot of the motorcycle crews, they are more male only. They uh, aren't as open, you know, as this one is. We're very diverse and anybody who wants to join can join as long as you're, an adult. I always say we're. I always say we're an equal opportunity game employer. A game employer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 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 whole hangaround process is what I call the asshole filter. Yeah. Either you'll. That's where most people wash out. You'll you'll try it for two or three days and then go fuck off somewhere else, or you'll really get into it. And that's also the reason why in other crews, somebody picks you to be their prospect. And I never really got that because in a gaming crew, it just takes one person who wants to sponsor just anybody to let anybody in or wants to sponsor multiple people. When the onus is on you to find a member in good standing that says, you know what? Yeah, I'll sponsor you. It shows your dedication, one. And two, it makes sure that you get somebody who's the right fit for you. So once you get through the asshole filter and that prospecting stage, again, we do things differently than other crews. Other crews do it on a time-based thing. You know, you prospect for two weeks and then you get a patch. That doesn't work for me. You prospect for two weeks and you get a patch, that's because you were really good and you did really well. Yeah. You could prospect for a month, two months. You could prospect for six months. You could prospect and never get out of prospect as far as I'm concerned. The onus is really on the player to make the next move forward. And that's something that I, I, I like about our crew is that nothing is just given to you. You actually have to go out and physically seek it out and physically earn it. I feel like my time was pretty short, but I was on hours every day because... It was, whenever I joined, was in 2019, and the job I had then was less demanding than the one I have now. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to play more, I just had more availability, and I was going, no, that was before. We had a separation there for a while, me and my husband did. Um, yeah. It was actually before the separation. I had the separation in 2020. But no, in 2019, I wasn't working as much. And then if I was, it was kind of more sporadic, like through the day, throughout the day, not like hours at a time. Right. Consecutive hours. 
Like, I feel like I went through that period pretty quick. Now, my hangaround period, I think, was a little bit longer because initially I started hanging out with the crew on Red Dead, but I was already like a level 100 on Red Dead at this point. Mm. I did not want to wear the hideous outfit that we had to wear. <laughs> and I was like, hell no, I've got all these nice clothes. Like, I ain't wearing that shit. I'm not wearing that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to join. I'll hang out with y'all, but I'm not joining. And so I actually mm-hmm. hung out for probably two or three weeks before I actually gave in and joined. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I really like these people. I'm going to go ahead. I guess I'll go through it. And so then I picked like the ugliest hair my character could have. I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to live it, man. I'm I'm going to get nasty ass hair to match this nasty ass outfit. So like whenever you're you're a hang around in a prospect, like there's things you have to do. So like on Red Dead, I had to wear this hideous outfit. I don't remember what the other rules were now. I think that was pretty much it. I'm, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, that was pretty much it. it uh, yeah. Because Red Dead was so new and we didn't really know what to do with it quite yet. It was just yeah. really you had to wear certain clothing. Yeah, it was ugly. Looked like a bomb. <laughs> and then whenever you're a hangaround on GTA, you have to drive a hangaround van. Um, and then when you're a prospect, you get, is it the rat bike? Yeah, you get the rat yeah. bike now. Yeah, the rat bike. <laughs> um, which I didn't actually play GTA until I patched in. I think the first time I played GTA with the crew was the night I patched in. Nice. Because I... Like, I didn't play GTA, and the only reason I even got on was to patch in. <laughs> it's like, well, I do have the game, so I'll get on. <laughs> so right. I can patch in at the mm. national meeting. But but no, it's, you know, like, we had some rules, like, on on Red Dead, you had to, if you were the hangaround, the lowest level player has to drive, like, the trader good sale wagon, you know, things like that. Right. And then it's kind of that way you know, on GTA 2, when you're doing sales... Typically, the lower levels, they drive your sale trucks and, you know, deliver your sales for you unless there's not enough people on. And then, you know, the higher levels will do it. And sometimes, like, whenever I play, like, I'll still do it, too. And I've even had a few hangarounds or prospects be like, no, let me drive. And I'm like, no, I want to. It's fine. And they, I can tell that they're kind of nervous, like they're going to get in trouble or something. And I'm <laughs> like, it's fine. I just want to drive it. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's the same thing with me when I would get on and play and... uh I would be doing helping somebody do sales. I'd run and grab a truck or a garbage truck or whatever. And by the time I got into the truck and started driving off, holy shit, y'all made evil drive the truck. (laughs) No, man, I picked two. I think it's funny whenever, um, because like I'm not one to pull rank. Like I'm just not that type of person. But whenever I do pull rank, And I'm like, look, I'm a silverback. And so for those who don't know, a silverback is like the very top tier of the crew. You have to prove that you're a lifer, essentially, you know, that it's more than just a crew to you. You know, this is, you know, you're one of us. You're if if the crew was to disband, um, I I think of the silverbacks as the ones that I'm still going to keep in touch with these people. Like I'm still, you know, it doesn't matter if we have a crew or not, like. You know, you're my, Absolutely. you're my lifelong friends at this point. So Absolutely. So as a silverback, in order to become one, the silverbacks that are already silverbacks have to, you have to be nominated and then you have to be unanimously voted in. And so I don't remember what year I became a silverback. 21 or 22? Was it yeah, 22? I, I think it was 22. So, you know, I joined in 2019 and then 
became a silverback, I guess, in 22. But but sometimes, you know, I'll pull rank and and then people like don't know how to take it because, you know, it's I'm like I'm like a mom in the crew. You know, I just like pester everybody and yeah. tell them to behave, things like that. But, but whenever I, I pull rank, it's I'll be like, no, I said stop doing that. You know, like whenever I get serious <laughs> and be like, oh, my God, she's mad. I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's the mom voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay's mad. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah. That's uh, the one thing you want to avoid is the conversation with evil. Um, when yeah. you get pulled into a private conversation with evil, you're going to be called pretty much everything under the book because if it's gotten to me, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, the thing is you were talking about silverbacks and, and, and how that came about. One of the other things I like to point out is we only allow one to two silverbacks a year. We don't ever just patch you in and six months later you get a silverback patch. You have to be here for years. You have to be, uh, I have to know you by name. I have to know your personal life, basically. Like, I know you're married. I know you have kids. I know these things about you. One to two get nominated a year. This year, we had one. Uh, last year, we had two. Next year, we'll probably have one. But when I started the Silverbacks, one of my biggest things was I didn't want it to become some big, overgrown, meaningless thing. The people that I put in the Silverbacks or nominate for the Silverbacks are people that you're right. I'd still be friends with them. They were a crew. There are people that uh, that don't make silverback that I'd still be friends with, but it's not quite the same. I feel like also one of the qualifications to being a silverback is being a good leader. Absolutely. It's not just about being, you know, like a close friend. It's also displaying that you have leadership qualities. You know, you're someone that can be trusted, that's reliable, that's unbiased when you need to be. Because I know that, you know, we've had some leaders in the crew that... Shouldn't have been leaders. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, some of us are more unbiased. Like, I, you can be my very best friend. And you know this because I've had mm -hmm. a best friend in the crew before. And I'll mm -hmm. be like, I don't think that this person deserves this. You know, yes. even though they're my very best friend. But they've done this. They've done that. They've, you know. And I don't think that they're ready for this other thing. You know, like, you know, having that unbiased... Um, leadership in you <laughs> to be able to put your personal feelings aside and look at what's best for the crew. Um, Absolutely. And so I think that that's another, another qualification you have to have to be a silverback. To be a leader uh, and, and to be a silverback is, is absolutely correct because nobody outranks the silverbacks, not national table, not your presidents or your vice presidents. Um, I'd say not even your national president outranks the silverback, but I'm a silverback and the national president. So the silverbacks are the people that I trust the most to have what, know what I would do in the situation and have the best interest of the crew at heart. And there's some silverbacks that honestly couldn't have their patch anymore because they completely disappeared. And, you know, I've never removed a silverback, but well, that's not true. I have removed a few silverbacks, but they left the club completely. But that's something that we're going to have to start looking at as the silverbacks are getting bigger. It's getting harder to let more people in because getting unanimous votes are next to impossible. And this last year, I was honestly, I thought we were going to have two because there was one other one that was up for it that I didn't think was ready. And I was the only one that voted no, I believe. I or I was the only one voting no, and then I convinced a couple people to, to side with me on it. Um, and that person may get silver back this year. 
because I just didn't know them well enough. Yeah. And it's nothing to, to, to say is wrong with, with what they do. They're, they're a good member. And I thought they were a good member then, but I didn't know them. And if I don't know you, I, I really have a hard time saying, you know, take my crew and run with it. Yeah, and I think the only person that has come up that I was genuinely like, no, was some because I didn't know them. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't um, that there was anything wrong with them. I was just like, you know, I've been here how long and I don't really know this person. So right. I'm not comfortable voting yes. And I may have even taken a just a I don't I'd rather not vote type thing. I don't remember. But um, I do remember one person being me being I don't think that they're ready because I don't even know who they are. Like I, I know who they are, but I don't know. Anything I don't about know them. them. Yeah. Yeah. I know them, but I don't know them. I haven't watched. I haven't witnessed them like in the leadership situations you know and stuff and that's something that i take really seriously is how they are as a leader so let's go to um the craziest things we've had happen in the crew oh god there's been some out there shit out there shit (laughs) we had and you know you say earlier you you mentioned that um you were impressed to be here just because you were female and most clubs don't don't allow women in the club there's a reason for that. There is a reason. And as a woman, I will vouch for that there is definitely a reason. The drama that it causes. Um, and I'm not saying it's always the women's fault because it's absolutely not. Like no. it's just when you have a bunch of 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 guys and we are twenty one and up, but we do get a lot of people that are in the twenty one to twenty five to twenty nine mm-hmm. age range and their testosterone's high. Yes. And so then when they're playing with females, um, we get some we get some drama and some dick swinging and some competition going on. And it's just so annoying. Like the drama it causes. You want to talk about drama. That specifically one of the craziest things that's happened in the crew is we had a couple, which is always bad news to have a couple in the crew. I mean, my wife is technically in the crew, but she doesn't play. But, you know, we've been a couple for 25 years, and I'll tell her to suck it just about any time I can. But we had a couple in the crew and another guy. And this guy, I'm not going to say his name. I shouldn't say his name. But it definitely rhymes with fucking over shapes. I don't know if you remember (laughs) shapes. Yeah. Well, there was a woman in the crew who was married. They, shapes and the woman, decided to run away together. She left her husband. He left his wife. He went to her in Arizona. And where was they he? At? He was in Georgia, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was in Georgia, Georgia, I believe. And so he went all the way to Arizona. It lasted for about two months. And then he went running back to his wife. We had a whole home wrecking scenario <laughs> out of the crew. Um, I had uh, a guy who was from Ireland. Who would pretend to be his own mother? I don't know. You may you may not have been here when when he was here. He was always trouble. He was always a problem. He was always a problem. He was annoying as fuck too. I remember us having one guy from Ireland. I don't know if it's the same one. Army. Yeah. Yeah. Army. Okay. Yeah, I so, didn't know him that well. Yeah, Army would do stupid shit and then have his mom contact me to try to fix it. Are you kidding me? No. No, his mom would be mailing me and, and messaging me and shit. 
Come to find out, he was his mom. That is so weird. He was posing to be his own mother. He was not. He was not all there. Um, I don't think there hasn't been a whole lot uh, really to top the, uh, the the Norman Bates of it all with that one. That that one was definitely uh, <laughs> almost definitely out there. Yeah, I remember when I first joined. We had more females in the crew when I first joined, mm-hmm. and then I guess I ran them all off. I don't know, but you we bitch. don't now. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, when I first joined, the girls. I remember being pulled into a party chat with them and they were just like bitching about someone else, one of the guys in the crew saying how sexist he was and all this. And I had witnessed like what they were talking about and it wasn't accurate at all. And I was like, I don't think that's really what they meant by that. Like I'm like, I'm very much a assume the best, you know, that people aren't trying to offend you, you know, try, try to, Give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. And but but what this person had said, I don't even remember now because, like I said, this was in 2019. I don't even remember what it was about or anything. But I do remember confidently feeling like this person was not targeting you. Like, right. You're imagining that. and me being like, I don't really think that's what they meant, you know. But I was new, and I feel like I was even just like maybe a prospect at this time. So like, I'm not trying to step on anyone's toes. And both of these females were on national table at the time. Um, so I'm like, I'm not trying to argue with them. <laughs> and so I just kind of kept quiet and just sort of listened to them. But I was like, man, they really don't like this person right? that they were talking about. And, and it was just like, they were just kind of, and those two women, one of those was the one that ran off of shapes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ran off of shapes. Yeah. Um, and the other one was the drama starter of the century. I mean, oh just, God, I remember her so vividly. Just like so, so much drama. And me and her actually became pretty good friends there for a while. And when all the lies she had told kind of came to surface that she had been lying about so many people and starting a bunch of shit. Like I remember being like really hurt because I had, I had really grown to care about this person. Right. So I can't believe she was lying to me. I can't believe, you know, that she was lying to everybody else. Like I was genuinely hurt over that true loss that we've had, like since I've been in the crew that left, that just really upset me because like I said, I had become really good friends with her. And then, yeah, like I don't, I don't never trust you again. Like, right. And that was it. Like I've not been her friend since then. Good. And I never would again. Like I'm, and I'm typically not the type to hold a grudge, but lying to me is one of the like don't lie to me right like i feel that's one of the most disrespectful things you can do to someone is to lie to them because you're basically just saying like you're not even worthy of me just telling you the truth right you know even if it's something that's gonna piss me off tell me the truth don't lie to right me. it's much easier to tell the truth and get it over with yeah i agree that's about all the crazy stuff i can i have a really really shitty memory um i never remember anything so uh, that's about all I can come up with right now. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, like, when we get someone that will apply, they'll be like, oh, this is so-and-so. They used to be in the crew. And I'm like, who? And they're like, they were here for like a year. You don't remember? Oh, I'm like, no. And then they'll tell me some drama that happened with them. And I'm like, oh, I, re- I vaguely remember that. But I don't, you know, like, I'm really bad. Unless unless I talk to you outside of video gaming uh, and you leave. 
chances are a year or two later I'm not gonna remember you. And it's nothing right. personal. I just I'm forty. I'm getting to that point where I have a bad memory. Yeah. <laughs> and I have ADHD, so I forget everything anyways. Same. Heavily medicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's enough for, for this first one. Kind of introducing the crew, who we are. And then, you know, going forward, I think our plan is to we'll talk a little bit about crew stuff and gaming stuff and and then just life. You know, yeah, I think one of the things we need to think about covering is, you know, we talked about we talked about the crew a little bit, but we hadn't really touched on how it's a motorcycle club and and the rules and the regulations of a motorcycle club in general. So we might want to cover that for people who don't know, you know, the whole biker culture. Yeah. All right. Next one. Sounds good. Well, this was fun. Yeah, it was. I like getting to look at you while I talk to you, too. You're so pretty. I know. That massive beard. Right. And I didn't have to wear a mask during COVID. I just... Just put your beard up. (laughs) Yeah.